morning, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to highlight um, this organization called Remerge that we're going to support um, with, our, with part of our Christmas offering. Next week, we'll highlight our friends in Lebanon and what they're doing uh, with Syrian women, with these widows who they're equipping to make disciples. It's really had an awesome phone call with them this last week. It was amazing. So um, what we're doing is we're actually supporting Remerge in their first phase um, of housing, which will brand new for the first time, be at a place called Whitefield. So instead of me bumbling through it, I'm actually going to invite Adam Luck, which oh, he's right there. There he is, uh, who's the CEO of CityCare, to get up and explain kind of all that's been happening in there and why these ladies will be out at Whitefields and what that will look like. And, um, and then I think we might have a video. Hey, we've got a video of Remerge. Amazing. Something techie worked out here. That's a miracle, guys. Christmas miracle. Um, so Adam, go ahead and share. And when Adam's done, Wesley, you can go ahead and uh, roll the video. And then we'll introduce Kelly and Stormy. They'll come up. Cool. Okay, so um, before I start, just a couple minutes uh, to provide you with some context for what uh, we're going to be talking about with Remerge. I just want to say that what is happening out at Whitefields is not a product of any one person. I think it's a product of people who just faithfully submit to the call that God has on their life. And really, it's just a story of God's faithfulness. So I hope that that's something that you take away from what we're doing out at Whitefields. Um, so really quick, again, just kind of running through this, uh, if you want to talk more about this, if you want to come see Whitefields, I would love to take you out there and show you. Um, I'd love to have coffee and, and tell you a little bit more about this, but just a, a quick condensed version. So two years ago, I uh, went on a point in time count for the first time, which is our city's effort to try and count how many people we have in our community that are experiencing homelessness at any one time. Um, I had coffee with Jonathan uh, the next day and was just kind of processing through what it felt like to see uh, my team went uh, to four different homeless camps that morning, um, and I was just really shocked by how expansive they were, how many people lived in them, how resigned it seemed like they were, that this was their plight in life. And it set in such stark contrast the values that I say that I have and what was actually happening in our community, you know, a community that has more churches than almost any place in the world, and yet we have so many of our neighbors that are living out in camps. And so we, uh, a couple weeks later, gathered a group of people from this church and just asked the question, like, how could we just start, the question was like, why are we not just handing people keys? You know, I think at a basic level, the question is, do we not have enough resources, influence, network, to just start providing a place for these people to come and rest and get out of the elements and maybe start that journey towards something that might look like success for them? And so over the course of 2018, we kept gathering that group of people and we talked about building a couple tiny homes just kind of as a pilot project. And we said maybe that might be a way to just take the next step and then we could walk people through these homes and cast a vision for what it might look like to do this on a bigger piece of land somewhere. And we just kept coming back to that, like where would we do it? Where would we do it? And so we kind of paused there in December. Um, we talked about this at Advent last year, doing these tiny homes. And then in February, uh, Greg Dewey, who's on the board at City Care, invited me to come check out Whitefields. And I had never been there before despite hearing a lot about it. And Whitefields uh, was built by the Ward family and has existed for the last 12 years, and they served on this 40-acre facility uh, kids who can no longer be placed in the foster care system. So hundreds of kids over the years uh, who had, on average, I think 15 to 16 placements in foster care would be able to come to this facility and um, basically experience family life and then eventually transition out of Whitefields into a permanent placement. And so over the years, um, it just kind of got to where it wasn't really working out with DHS as they moved away from the group home model. And so they were looking at uh, a different thing to use Whitefields for. So I went out there with Greg, and Greg had been a part of these conversations about building a tiny home community and serving people who are experiencing homelessness. And so 
he took me out there, and uh, Jonathan was there too, and we uh, were out there, and I just he was like, you know, what do you think? And I was like, Greg, this is it. Like, I think this is a place where we could do uh, like, an, like a community for people who are living on the street right now. And so I said, all right, I'm going to send you some stuff to check out. Um, we, in 2018, went uh, and looked at some national models across the country for how people are doing this, and one that we were really inspired by was called Community First Village in Austin. If you've never heard of it, I'd really encourage you to check it out. It's incredible. Um, they've got 185 tiny homes and mobile homes on a 24-acre lot. They just broke ground on another 27 acres next door where they're building another 350 tiny homes. Phase three, they're partnering with Icon, and they're going to 3D print 100 houses out there. It's incredible. Since they built their first unit in 2013, they've retained 92% of the residents that have moved in there. And these are chronically homeless individuals with diagnosed mental illnesses and substance use disorders. And it's all done, it all started with this little church in Austin, um, and it's amazing. So Community First Village, check it out. And so um, I sent a bunch of that stuff to Greg, and he emailed me at 2.40 in the morning that night, and he was just like, you're right, Adam, I, th I think you're right, we need to go check this out. So that was in March, and it's been a really quick nine months, but long story short, God's just shown up, and we um, approached three other nonprofits who we have trust and relationship with and who are some of the largest service providers for this group of folks in our city. So Northcare is the largest provider of mental health care and health care for the indigent. Positive Tomorrows as the only school for homeless children in Oklahoma City, and then Remerge, which serves women who are transitioning um, out of prison, actually diverted from prison. And uh, so we asked them, we took them all out there and said, what would you do? How much could you pay for it? And, you know, at the end of the day, is this something that you're interested in? And uh, we moved the first families from Positive Tomorrows out last month. We've got um, leases signed from all these agencies, and we'll uh, have a full program up and running in February. And uh, so phase one of the program was just, let's just get people out there. There's 65 units of housing out there, so let's just fill it. Um, that gives us an opportunity to kind of consider what a longer-term plan might look like. So we're working with some of the best architects in the city um, in first quarter of next year to start a master planning process for what phase two could look like beyond that. And so um, Remerge, and what, what we're going to talk about today is... Uh, the only part of their program that they haven't really tailored to the needs of the ladies that they get to serve is phase one. So when they literally go meet with someone at the county jail, get them out of the county jail and bring them home, where are they bringing them to? And right now it's a program that isn't really designed for remerge. Um, it's a program that's kind of, it's like a back to work program. Several different nonprofits use it and it's just not, not an ideal fit. And so Remerge is actually going to be moving their entire phase one of their program out to Whitefields, uh, which is going to be really awesome. And I think they'll talk a little bit more about that. Northcare is moving out their family treatment center. So moms who are in an, in an inpatient rehab program get to stay with their kids. They're going to take two of the cottages out there. And then Positive Tomorrows has moved out two families that are peer recovery support specialists, and they're going to lead classes out there. Um, and then they'll have a third emergency home as families come into Positive Tomorrow's, instead of staying in a motel, they'll be able to come out to Whitefields. And then City Care is also going to have a cottage out there with some of our um, best current and former clients to come and kind of seed this as a mission um, and seed the community out there. So um, that's what we're going to be talking about in terms of uh, the Advent, Advent offering. And I think you'll hear a little bit more from Kelly and Stormy about Remerge and, and what it might look like for Phase 1 to be out at Whitefields. So. And then I think we're going to watch, watch a clip about Remerge. Almost a year and a half ago, um, I was uh, sitting in Oklahoma County Jail. I was speaking with my daughter on the phone, and um, you know, she said, "All I want is you here with me. That's all." And um, at that moment, I mean, she was she was crying, 
And at that moment, I knew that this was it. I hit my knees in the cell and, and I, I begged, I just cried out, forgive me and to guide me and to give me another chance, no matter what, this be it. And, and I just forgive me, you know, and, and give me another chance. Addiction started with me at a young age. I was about 13. I remember just thinking that that was really the path that I was supposed to be on. In 2015, my mom passed away and my whole world just kind of crashed down. I didn't really have any kind of means of figuring out how to do this on my own. And I knew that if I didn't do something quick with my life, that uh, my children would be motherless, just like I was. Uh, I was in a really abusive marriage for 16 years. I was in my addiction um, and I became homeless living under a bridge for six years. I thought I was gonna die on the streets and I was in and out of jail. Towards the end, I wanted to be sober and I wanted to not be homeless and I wanted to get my life back, but I had no idea how to do it. Cause I knew if I went to prison, I was just gonna learn more of what I didn't need to know. And if I went back to the streets, I was gonna die. I don't know, there's really no words that I can, that I can really describe. Um, how beautiful it is to be the mother that they always wanted. I have custody of both of my sisters back now. They live with me full time. They're doing great. I haven't really done anything extra besides just lead an example for them of what doing the next right thing looks like. I like to look at that as my greatest accomplishment really. It's just uh, getting my act together so that I could be a role model for them so they have what I didn't have when I was their age. TJ, TJ said he forgave me and that was just the greatest thing in the world. Remerge taught me how to love myself again and learned that my past doesn't have to define who I am. Because now, like I'm doing things today, like starting school, that I never thought I would do. Um, you learn about your emotions, you learn what your emotions, that you can listen to your emotions, you learn, you know, how to deal with your emotions, and that's a big, big deal. So it's like before, I had this black hole in my heart that couldn't be filled, that I tried to fill with drugs and alcohol, and Remerge showed me that it could be filled with love. Thank you for believing in the mothers of Remerge and thank you for believing in Second Chances because you have saved my life, you've saved my kids' life. You know, you're breaking the cycle and you, know, you have no idea what it means to us. Thank you, thank you. This program saved my life. I was so scared to come into this program and what I wanted from it was to get sober, but what they gave me was so much more. The biggest thing though is, is that I found myself. So we've had so many beautiful women up here over the last few weeks telling their story. And um, I mean, I've sat down with people over the last couple of weeks and they've said that hearing those stories has uh, changed them. Uh, because our stories really matter. And so today, we're gonna get to hear from Stormy. She's the youngest of all of these beautiful women. 22, right? Just a baby, just a baby. The older you get, the younger they seem, right? Um, so we first met at Kristen's house. We were doing a little discipleship study, 
And um, the thing that I loved about Story from the very beginning is that she asked the most penetrating questions with no filter. She just said what she needed to say. And then one time we came up here and met at the church, and she just brought somebody. Who was that? Was uh, Gabby. That's right. She just brought Gabby. So from the very beginning, as I've been with Stormy, I see how deep your heart is, and not only to learn, but also to love people. So that's a pretty amazing thing, and you're a gift. And, but you have lived a long life in 22 years, and so we want to hear from Stormy about what Remerge has meant to her and how it has um, helped her become the person that she's becoming. And, but to do that, we've got to go back, right, to who you were before you went into Remerge. So why don't you share with us a little bit of your story? Um, you had some hard things happen, and um, just share that with us. Um, I grew up in Burns Flat, Oklahoma, if anybody knows where that is. Um, and, oh. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> I only get nervous when there's a mic involved. That's, that's about it. Um, so I grew up in Burns Flat, Oklahoma, and I was raised primarily by my grandmother. My mom suffered with addiction and mental health abuse, uh, mental health. And um, she was always in and out of my life. I have two older brothers, and um, but I was the only one that always had to go back and forth between my mother and my grandma. So I got to learn good and a lot of bad. And I went on the direction of bad. I picked up everything my mom put down. And um, by 11, I was drinking regularly on pills. By 13, I was on methamphetamine. And... Um, I, was already, I moved out of my grandma's house at 15 years old, and um, when I moved up to the city at 17, and I met a man, and I thought I was in love, and I ended up getting pregnant 30 days into that relationship, and little did I know was what he was doing. He was um, involved with drugs really heavily, and um, so I got pregnant, got sober a little bit for my pregnancy. Um, went back to live with my grandma. He ended, my grandma ended up getting stage four pancreatic cancer and died within a month. And on the same month, um, Jersey's dad, my daughter's dad, got sentenced to 55 years in prison. So I moved up here to the Oklahoma City area and started um, prostituting and stripping just to survive because I didn't know what to do. I had a little baby and, you know, I just didn't know what to do. And so I got arrested about six times. And on that sixth time, I um, met somebody who knew about an Oxford house. And um, I also got an attorney that had gotten two other women into Remerge. And I actually moved into an Oxford house that had five Remerge women living in it at the time. And so I just knew, all I knew about Remerge at the time was um, it would teach me how to be a mom. And that is something I did not know how to do, especially sober. And um, so I also got accepted into drug court or Remerge, and I picked Remerge because I wanted to learn how to be a mom. So tell us about, so you find yourself at Remerge, and so why don't you share with us a few ways that it was helpful to you? Like how long did you stay in the program? Um, and maybe just a couple of key learnings from your time at Remerge. And how did it actually build on some of the other things that you did? Because you were in rehab before that, right? And so. I was in Remerge 23 months and two weeks. 
exact. <laughs> not that you were counting. Yeah. No. <laughs> there at the end, you're kind of ready to go. Um, I was in Remorse for almost two years, and um, I will say that being in Remerge, some of the things that helped was learning how I couldn't do it on my own, and I've always been really good at um, going up to somebody randomly and asking them to be in my life. Um, since being sober, that's how I met Patricia. Um, and, you know, uh, I didn't have a relationship with my middle brother. He, in fact, hated me, said I was just like my mother and all these hateful things growing up. And so when I got sober and I got into Remerge, I uh, made that relationship a goal, and Remerge supported me through that. And um, we ended up we ended up being very close, and then we got into another argument. <laughs> but Sibling. I'm still working on that one. But anyways, the point is <laughs> we, have, we have a good relationship. We're just kind of rocky right now. But when I graduated Remerge, we had a beautiful relationship. <laughs> And then I came to church two weeks ago, and it was that sermon about how if you're like, have hatred in your heart for your brother. Then I texted him, right, during church, and I said, I'm so sorry, I love you. And so we're working back together. But I don't know. I feel like Remerge has, Remerge did a good job bringing in other people from the community, and um, that way we can, like, learn from other women how how to be a woman, how to be ladylike, how to be, you know, um, a good mother. And, you know, Remerge did a lot of things that were just incredible. So you had to go to meetings a couple times a week, right? And that I, I feel like, from what I've heard from you, some is saying that Remerge provided a structure, which I feel like people that are coming out of addiction really struggle with structuring their lives. And was that helpful to you, that part? Yes, you go to five meetings a week, and then every phase you get higher, you get to drop a meeting, so you end up at the end with three meetings weekly. Um, uh, what was the question? That was the question. Okay. Just some of the structure, like, because we don't know what does it look like to be in Remerge, and why is it important for someone coming out of addiction, especially that has kids, what is the structure that Remerge provided for you specifically? Okay. Um, well, first off, Remerge is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life. And so you can't, nobody can go into Remerge and think, oh, I'm just going to do what I need to do because it doesn't work that way. You have to do everything they say to do, and you have to, like, want it within your soul. Um, but at first, you get, you go to phase one, which is 90 days, and you go out to a center, and you have to cut ties with everybody, even if they are healthy for you. You don't get to see your children for 30 days. It's intense. It's very hard on the first phase. And then the second phase is you get to go um, live in a sober living house of some type. And um, you can still no not be around anybody who isn't approved. So anybody you want to be around has to be approved or you could go to jail. And, um, and, it's, and then by phase three, um, you're working, you know, you've got everything you pretty much need to, to be in society and succeed. And then they trust you with who you sh you're going to be around. And phase four is um, the most independence of the program. You um, are only at Remerge about an hour a week, two hours maybe a week. Um, you 
uh, don't have to check in anymore. I think they're fixing to make it to where you don't UA anymore because they don't want it to be like two years of pure structure and then the next day you're done. They want you to like build on it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you heard Adam share a little bit about Whitefields, and I know you already knew about that process. So tell us, since we're, you know, we want to be a part of um, providing Remerge with that place and supporting them, what would that have been like for you if you would have been able to be out at Whitefields during phase one? Would that have been helpful to you? Absolutely. I feel like that would I be like my jam. I like what you said. Yeah, there it is. I was like, you need to say that. Whitefields would be my jam. I just love that. Sounds yeah. Easy, sounds so much <laughs> I liked when you said it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the other facility um, is you have remerge women, mm -hmm. and then you have these the other women who are strictly working on how to work and be sober, and and remerge is teaching you how to erase everything and then build and then be sober. And so you have a different two different types of groups of women, and then. Also, that other program lets the women run the show, and sometimes um, untreated addicts don't make the best decisions, and they're hateful. And so I feel like having a, having a program that is ran by staff um, from the get-go would be amazing. That's great. So, okay, so you've graduated from Remerge, right? So now you, that's right, awesome, yes. So have, uh, coming out of a life of addiction and then walking out of this really structured program, um, I know being here has been a blessing to you, being a part of this family, and so many people have poured into you and loved you. And So why don't you share just a little bit about what the church has meant to you and um, like how, how can, as we as a body here pray for more people that are coming out of addiction and more brokenness. Um, we want to be a place where they feel safe and at home and loved. And so how can we as a church, not only how did we love you, but how can we love others? Um, I feel like th that's already being done. A lot of women are kind of re reaching out and bringing other remerge women. And then, you know, I know I just bring anybody who will come with yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I feel like, um, I feel like the church is already doing a great job. I feel like maybe just instead of a couple groups doing it, maybe every group made it a goal to like bring someone who they know lives on the streets or even just they kind of just met somebody and they invite them. So talk about a couple of specifics we talked about earlier. A couple of specific things that as you've come out of Remerge and gotten involved in Skyline that has really been a blessing to you. Todd and Laura. Where y'all at? I feel like um, Todd and Laura's class for the single mothers, um, the parenting, that was the most. <laughs> that was um, the most beautiful thing I've ever been in. Why? Um, Why? What was it about it? Todd and Laura. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> I was supposed to have been born to them, for sure. <laughs> Here we go. There was just a little mix-up somewhere, I don't know. Um, so I didn't grow up with the best mother. Um, so I don't know how to mother. 
and be compassionate and kind and think about like how I'm hurting Jersey in the long run. And Todd and Laura were just very patient with me and um, the way that they just kind of taught me how to, um, there's one specific thing that hit home was Jersey was like, mom, 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 and I'm talking to Todd and I was like, stop, I will talk to you in a minute. And Todd was like, just so kind and he was like, hey, watch this. And he was like, <laughs> Jersey, the next time you need to talk to your mom and she's talking, just put your hand on her and she'll know. And we still do that today. Um, so I appreciate y'all for that. Yeah. <laughs> and they have the most comfortable couch. <laughs> and Laura makes some really great food. Oh my God. <laughs> so what about your missional community and some of the things that also, um, just financially, share some of those things. Um, yeah, so I heard Patricia tell her story at Reemerge, and um, we had a lot in common, and I remember just going up to her and asking her for a phone number, and I messaged her and just kind of told her who I am, and I didn't hear anything back, and I was like, that hurt, and so I called her. <laughs> so she was, unlike you, Patricia. She was in London. You were, she, oh yeah, she was out of the country, yeah. there you go. So she calls me back and I said, I don't really know you and you don't know me, but can I be a part of your life? And she was like, you wanna go to church? And I was like, actually, yeah, <laughs> not going to one right now. And so, you know, I started coming here and that's where I met Kristen and Chelsea and Kelly and Julie and Sarah. And, um, you know, they've just made it a point to um, like shower me with love even when I don't want it. And. <laughs> And just kind of, you know, you don't think you push their self in, in my life, which is what I need because, um, you know, after graduating Remerge, I've kind of gotten a little um, depressed because you are surrounded with people when you're in Remerge and um, you have all this structure, but now all of the pressure I feel like is on me to succeed. And so um, they've done a really good job of just checking on me and, and helping me. And then... Um, through all that trouble that I got into, I acquired quite the debt. And, um, you know, uh, Skyline has helped me with that debt. And so now I'm debt free. Way to go, girl. Thanks to you guys. So thanks to you guys. It's beautiful. Beautiful. So I was reading Psalm 34 last night, and it said that... Um, the Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted, and he's near to the crushed in spirit. And I thought about you, Stormy, I thought about all the times growing up that you probably felt like the Lord was far away, but he never was. And I would say the same thing to all of us. Like, as we walk through hard things, we think that the Lord is not near to us, but he is, because he's promised us. If we're brokenhearted, he is near. If we're crushed in spirit, he is close to us. So... I just want you to know that the Lord was always with you during all that. And then uh, later on in the psalm, it says, The righteous have many troubles, but the Lord rescues them from everyone. And so as you walk now as a daughter of the king, now that you are, you know, um, longing to live a life that pleases him, it's not going to be that you're not going to have any troubles, Right? But it's going to be that the, you know that the Lord will rescue you from everyone. And we just want to be a part of that with you. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I thought we would close by 
So anyone that's involved in city care or Remerge, either been a part of the program or working with them, if you could just come gather right here, and we would love to pray for you. And if anyone, as they gather, so y'all coming up, Patricia and Crystal and all you guys, if you're in Kristen. city care, Kristen, I mean, if you're a part of that community at all, if you'd come right here, and then if any of you would like to come and just pray with them, I thought we could just close with some prayer over our friends, and then I'll close us in a minute. So you guys come on up and gather around them. Lord, we just, we are all broken. There's not one of us in this room that is not broken inside and that you have rescued us. And we're so grateful for who you are. And I just ask, Lord Jesus, that as we um, meet each other right where we are, as we seek to be a people who welcome in um, broken people and um, people that are seeking to love you, Lord Jesus, would you allow us to be a place that just shines like a light to the world? Help us, Lord Jesus, to, to be your hands and feet. Thank you so much for Stormy and for all of these women, all of the women that are seeking you, that you've rescued and you've put their feet on a firm path, Lord Jesus. I just pray, Father, that you would continue to grow them to be women who will change the world. I just ask, Lord Jesus, that as we give this season, Lord, that we would, you would take what we give and that you would multiply it and thousands would be healed. Thousands would be healed. Change our city, Lord Jesus. Make us a beacon of light. Make us people who are known for our generosity and our kindness and our love for one another. And I just pray this over all of us. Thank you so much, Jesus, for coming as a baby and then dying on the cross. We worship you because you're amazing and you're kind and you're good and you're never going to let us go. And I just pray that as we leave here today that we would go love people with a love that just changes the world. We love you, Jesus, so much. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Love you guys.